title of my message today is Life is a Marathon, Not a Sprint. Uh, how many would know that to be true? You, you, uh, okay, let's, okay, how much time we have? We need to, we need to settle something right now. Um, where I come from, the lens of my, this is a community church, Christ the King, community church, right? So um, we're probably made up of a bunch of different denominations. I know at, in Laconer, we are, um, we're a mishmash of everything. We are the, we are the, the, um, the perfect family reunion of, um, made up of a bunch of really weird people. And so we come from different places um, so my lens is um, kind of interactive. If I will pause and say, if I'll pause and do this, or if I'll say, somebody say something, then that would be time for you to say, amen, or hey, that's good, or don't ever say like, no, nah, that's bad. Encourage this guy up here. So, so I don't know how David does it. He probably is just like, he doesn't care. I actually need your help. So, um, so sometimes I'll, I'll let you know, though, all right? You, you won't have to guess. If I'm asking for help, then I'll, then I'll, ask, I'll ask for it, and then you'll just respond by saying it's, and it's okay just to say. Amen. All right, good. Uh, so let's just jump in. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Church is a good place to bring your Bible, if you have one. If you don't have one, let's get you one. Oh, you've got some. All right, perfect. So, um, so here we are, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. How many know that we can grow weary and lose heart sometimes? In fact, I'm willing to bet that there are some people here today that you're just tired. And you can be discouraged. You might even be out here today um, and and your job is bumming you out, or, or relationships in your life are bumming you out, and, and you just get, you can get hammered by life sometimes. Is that true? Amen. All right, good, thanks. You're learning. A week, uh, a week ago yesterday, I ran my first half marathon. I am Amen. so excited. Yeah, that's what I was saying at the end. Uh, I have to tell you, though, there were times during that 13.1 miles that it seemed like pure, unadulterated torture. Um, but at the end, I was so happy and exhilarated. I, I um, was also very hungry. Like I, I, I got done, and I was like, where's the bananas and the oranges? And, and I, every, every free piece of food they gave, I ate. It was, it was crazy. Running... Um, has encouraged me to think about life and specifically following Christ. You see, if you approach life like a sprint, then you blow in, <laughs> blow up, and blow out really fast. Um, you can cover a lot of territory quickly, 
but you also run out of steam pretty fast. I feel like I'm talking to three different congregations. There's this guy, these guys over here, these guys right here. This is, so we've got sections, okay? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. This is all new to me. And then I've got to do this twice. This is really crazy. Um, yeah, so sorry, guys. Sorry, guinea pigs. I'm gonna, uh, I'll, fi- I'll figure it out for the next one. Um, so you know when you read about miracles in the Bible, that sometimes there are, um, it seems like we long for those, those days that, well, like from chapter to chapter, we read about miracle and then miracle and then another miracle, and we go, where are those days? I just want to live in that time. And sometimes we long for the good old days even of, remember Christianity back in, back in the 30s and 40s and 50s, and man, everybody there was... Everybody there was just serving God, and, and it really wasn't the truth. It's just kind of a perception, right? And, and the good old days. Um, but what about the regular days that are just normal? See, this is the long game. This is the marathon part. What about the regular days when you just get up and go to work? The days that you're consistent and caring the days that didn't seem to go right, but you kept a positive attitude anyway. It's those non-miracle days that help you train for the long game. My, uh, my tr- 12-week training schedule started off as um, a mix of cross-training and running. So I would run three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, started at three miles, and then... Um, Saturday, four miles. Eventually, it got up so that I was, I was running uh, midweeks, um, five and six miles, weekends, um, six, seven, eight, nine, ten miles. Eventually, it never ran 13 miles until the day of the race. Because um, they say, if you can run 10 miles, of course you can run 13 miles. Naturally. <laughs> so... So my weekends were always the big run and then smaller during, during, the, uh, during the midweek. Um, what are you doing? You're just preparing. You're preparing for the long game. You're preparing for the training. Um, so there, during a marathon or during a half marathon, there are different phases that people go through when they run for distance. For example, pre-race. You're kind of nervous and anxious. There's a bunch of people um, around, and so your heart's kind of pumping, and you're like, uh, where, where should I li- even line up? Because the, all the fast people are up front. Certainly, you don't, uh, I didn't need to be up front. I was not going to win any, um, I was not going to win any races. I'm p- trying to pull up a little saying that, that I um, have come to love. Here it is right here. I run. I'm slower than a herd of turtles stampeding through peanut butter, but I run. <laughs> so, um, that's me. Mile one, finding your stride. It's not, that first mile is not the prettiest mile ever. But you just kind of, you're doing it because you know that you've got to do it. And by the second mile, you're starting to feel good. Third mile, you're even happy. Fourth mile, feeling strong. Mile five, I can do this. Mile six, hmm. 
Like, if you have pains, they're going to start showing up right around there. And so for me, my knee, my hip, you know, I'm I'm 52 years old, so it's not like I'm a young kid. Um, Mile seven, what did I get myself into? Mile eight, I'm dead. Mile nine, what comes after dead? Mile 10, stop the insanity. Mile 11, this is the song that never ends. Mile 12, I got nothing left. Mile 13, wait a minute, I can see the end. Crossing the finish line. Strong, happy, emotional, festive, feel like dancing, you love everyone. It's like, I'd like to thank the Academy for, like, <laughs> you're just delighted and ecstatic. And, and for me, I, got, I hit mile 10. I did, I did the Oak Harbor Half Marathon or the Whidbey Island Half Marathon. And it was, um, there was at one point, somewhere in the middle, about mile six, where it was, there was um, about two mile stretch of incline. So it was, it was like, mm, mm, and and it seemed like that was never going to end. And so by the time I hit mile 10, 11, I'm thinking I've just got a couple miles to go. I'm just going to kick it into gear and come in and look like I just was meant to do this. Well, I'm not a small guy. I mean, I'm, I, I don't really have a runner's or marathon. I mean, it's like I was not really made to do that. I'm kind of willed myself to do it. But I get to mile 10 and 11, and my, and my legs my calves started cramping up. I, I, op- I started opening up my stride, and it was like they were saying, nope, <laughs> you're not going to come in like a gazelle, like you think you are. You're going to come into this thing, and um, you're going to just make it. You're just going to make it. So it wasn't pretty, but I finished. And um, there's something really cool about overcoming difficult challenges. God promises us that he'll help us to get through difficulties. In life, we have challenges, right? It's, we're we're going to face them, and we're going to go through them. Why are we going to get through them? Because God said. Uh, example. Jesus told his disciples one time, he, he said, hey, listen, we're going, we're going to go to the other side of the lake. Gets in the boat. He falls asleep in the boat. A big storm comes up. These disciples are all afraid. They say to Jesus, hey, don't you care? We're going to die out here. They forgot one thing, though. Jesus told them, we're going to go to the other side. We're going to the other side. You don't have to worry about it. We're going to get there. He already said it. So when we have problems, God has promises. Uh, in Romans 8.31, it says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Mm, that's good. I didn't say it. That's why it's amenable. There is, <clears throat> there's a story in the Old Testament about a guy named Joseph, Jacob's son. Ever heard of him? So, uh, in, the, in about chapter in Genesis, about chapters thirty-seven to forty-one, um, 
there's a really cool uh, breakdown of the stuff that happens to Joseph. He was trained for a marathon. He kept his eyes fixed on the pioneer and perfecter of his faith. Um, and that, it's that perspective that helps us to stay positive. So his, uh, here it is. We'll just kind of, I'll bullet point these. His brothers hated him because dad loved him most. Uh, some of you may be your parents' favorites. And the other siblings don't necessarily like that so much. You don't win favor with siblings by being your parents' favorite. That was the case with him. And to top it off, he had these dreams. And the dreams that he had were basically like that his brothers were going to bow down to him one day. And so he comes to the breakfast table telling, hey, you guys wouldn't believe this dream I had. There were these sheaves of wheat, and they all bowed down to me. It was crazy. And, and his brothers are saying, do you think that we're going to bow down to you? Are you kidding? So they probably took him out back and beat him up. I mean, they, they were um, not the nicest to him anyway. And so then he comes up with these dreams, which only makes them hate him more. So then his brothers plotted to kill him. I mean, I've had it out. I've had it out with my brothers and sisters, siblings in my family, the youngest of five. And so, I mean, we get into it sometimes. Never once do I, I, I don't think that there's been one time that I've ever plotted to kill any of my brothers or sisters. Yeah. Well, yeah. As I mean, I'm only 52, so... Yeah, there's, there's still a chance. I'd never say never, I guess. Uh, so the brothers, uh, as they took him out one day, or he, he showed up where they were, they, um, they were thinking, let's kill him. They talked amongst themselves, decided not to kill him, but rather they found a pit. Uh, let's throw him in the pit. And tell Dad he died. And so... Um, Better yet, look, here's come some Ishmaelites. Let's sell them to those guys, and then we'll make money besides and kill a goat and smear the blood all over his coat and take it back to Dad and tell Dad he died. Perfect scenario. So he was sold to the Ishmaelites, who, um, who then in turn sold him to Potiphar, who um, then he became a slave in Potiphar's home. And he became, he gained favor with this guy, with his master. In fact, so much so that his master put him in charge of his whole household. So Joseph's life was a series of ups and downs. You're hated at home. Nobody makes it easy for you. That's a down. That's a downside. Loved by your, loved by your dad. That's an up. Um, ebbs and flows. Life is kind of like that, isn't it? We hit speed bumps in life. We hit um, times where everybody thinks we're great and times in life when nobody thinks we're great. It gets difficult and challenging and, and hard and we get discouraged, sad, 
frustrated. It could be with anything. It could be at work. It could be in your marriage. It could be anywhere. Uh, Potiphar's wife thought Joseph was pretty cool looking. So she's thinking to herself, hmm, I'd like to have this guy. So she, so she tells Joseph, you and me, Potiphar's gone. And Joseph um, is like, are you kidding me? I've been, I've been blessed with all of this. And uh, no, this is not going to happen. And, and she is trying to be pretty persuasive. And so much so that he runs away from her, literally runs away from her. She grabs his coat on the way out. And he lets it all go. So he's like the first streaker, right? Because he, she, she had a, a grip on his coat and he takes off. He's like, oh, I'm not going to have this. I'm not going to let this happen. So he takes off. In the meantime, Potiphar comes home and she says, hey, that, um, that Joseph tried to rape me. False accusation. Do you think Potiphar cares about that? Nope. What happens to Joseph? He goes to jail. He was in charge of the guy's whole household. He'd kind of arrived. And then, down in the valley again, falsely accused, winds up in jail. So he's, he's uh, hanging out with the uh, baker and the cupbearer who are also in jail for some other reasons, I guess some baking terrorism or something. And, and here is, um, and they had these dreams. So Joseph interpreted the dreams. And it came, came about just like they said. In the meantime, um, the Pharaoh also had been having some troubling dreams that he couldn't figure out. And, and someone told Pharaoh about about these dreams, and so he interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, and basically he was predicting a famine. So Joseph, during that time, gets put in charge of all of Egypt. So now he's, now he's up again. He can't keep a good man down, right? He, he has had his eyes on the author and perfecter of his faith the whole time. He's able to, to get perspective and to make good situations out of bad situations. It's all long game for him. If it's about short game, then once, once the first thing happened, he got through into the pit, he might as well have given up. To stay positive when things are down, that's pretty, that's pretty challenging, but it's also very rewarding. Eventually, Joseph reunites with his brothers and father. And that's a whole story all by itself. I, I love that story. Um, so we know we're going to go through bumps. Uh, since I was a rookie runner, I reached out to some friends that had previous experience. 
uh, in running. Remember we read up at the beginning of this deal about since, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, therefore we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Um, I think these are people, I, I believe that these are people in our lives, both, both alive and, and not alive anymore, people who have gone before us that are cheering us on. That, and that can cheer us on. So, so I'm, I make reference to these people that have, that have, uh, have run the race before me as part of the great cloud of witnesses. These are people who are committed to cheering you on. They, they gave me some incredible advice about running the distance. The, uh, this is why it's important for, to have church community. This is, why, this is why when you do small groups, it's important for your own growth to enter into those, that little community because you're important in building other people up and, the, and, and they are important in your life. Don't think, yeah, I'm not going to go. I just don't feel like it. When you do, when you commit yourself to community, you're going to grow. And not only are you going to grow, you're going to help somebody else to grow. That's good preaching right there. Thank you. Um, so, because we're running this race called life, right? Maybe you're here today and you feel like giving up or giving in. Uh, maybe you're just tired of how hard things are. Is it me? Or, I mean, it could just be me. Sometimes I get tired of that. I, I, I'm, a, um, I'm a full-time security guard for the Laconner School District. And, and basically, my job is to, is to be the whipping child for all the angry kids at school. Anything that's wrong in their lives is pretty much my fault. The result of it for them is they'll go to school, they just won't go to class. So part of my job is to help kids go to class. We want them to succeed. You can't graduate if they don't go. Buddy, you got to go to school. I'm at school. Yeah, but you're going to have to actually go to class. I'm at school. Okay, we're going we're gonna to keep going over this scenario. And, and so, anyway, eventually, school's stupid. You're stupid. Um, anyway, all kinds of fun choice things that, that, uh, that kids can say. Um, and you tell yourself, sticks and stones, Right? It's just, they don't mean it. It's not personal. It's my job just to try to love people in spite of how they might act. And so we have that opportunity to do that. We also have a choice. We can treat people in like that mistreat us, or we can rise above that. If you're playing the long game, you're going to rise above it because it's not, it's not going to affect you in a, um, what somebody says or thinks of you. That's not who God says. Who, gives, who, who gave somebody else permission to, to speak your identity? Who gets to speak your identity? Just him. Just the one who made you, and he's crazy about you. So let him speak your identity. No matter what is going on, no matter, no matter how difficult or challenging people might be, and sometimes we have challenging or difficult people in our lives, can you say Amen. Yeah, sometimes you're the, you're the difficult and challenging person in someone else's life. 
Um, I, I would get to a place that I, I got about mile 12, in mile 13. My legs were cramping so bad, I thought, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to cross this thing on my feet. And I'm, and I'm, prepared, to, I'm prepared now since I'm most of the way. I, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get across this, this finish line. I had to stop at a telephone pole and stretch my legs out because, because my calves were so tight and I started running again. And, and as I'm slowing down or against, leaning up against the pole, there, there are different people that, that would pass me. And they go, hey, we're almost there. Come on. You can do it. Um, you got this. And, and it, those words words of life when you don't have much strength. When, when, you bump up against, uh, when you bump up against challenges in life and you have somebody that will encourage you with some kind words or some, or some, hey, come on, pick it up. You got it. Man, that it like energizes you. It gives you courage to keep going. That's what we need people like that. You need to be a person like that. Because there's people that you will see and you'll be able to tell a lot of times. In, you, you know your friends. You'll know by the expression on their faces. Are they going through good times or bad times? And when things aren't so good, how are you encouraging them? Because you have an opportunity to encourage them. And you know what it feels like because sometimes people do it for you. With, with Jesus, you're enough. You can make it. There's, there's a scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. As for me, my life has already been poured out as, a, as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. And now a prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who, who eagerly look forward to his appearing. One of the, one of the best pieces of advice, a couple of, couple of things that I got during my, um, during my, pre, um, my pre-mental um, getting ready in my mind, it was, it was this. It was enjoy the journey and celebrate the accomplishment. So wait a second. If... If things aren't going so good, how am I supposed to enjoy that journey when I get to mile six and seven and eight and nine and ten and eleven when I think I'm dead? And how am I supposed to enjoy that journey? There's a little verse in James 1. It says, Consider joy when you face trials of many kinds because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance when it's, com- when it's complete helps to, make you mature in, uh, helps to make you mature and complete in Christ Jesus. That, that we, can consider the, we can consider the challenges joy because it's making us into the person we're supposed to be. It's, it's helping us to become more Christ-like. So, um, like I said, I was pretty slow. I, in, my age, in my age bracket, there were 25 runners, uh, 25 male runners in my age bracket. I was 23 out of 25. I beat two guys. So, so part of me is just competitive enough to say, oh, that's horrible. 
Yet, when I got to the end, I was so excited. And I went up to the person, because one really cool thing about these things, they give you medals. <laughs> so I went and got my medal, and this lady put it around my neck, and I'm like, yes. You know what it says? It says, uh, half marathon finisher. And I was like, all this really is, is a glorified participant <laughs> award. But I was, I was never so proud of something in all my life. It was like, yes, I have a picture on my Facebook with my, holding my medal. And, and so it was, not, it was not being proud because I finished first or second, though I would have, I would have won some money. Adele, my wife Adele told me when I left the house that morning, she's like, hey, you win 500 bucks if you win. Like, okay, I'm going to shoot for that. Um, Not because I was the fastest, but because I finished. You receive this prize at the end because you finished. And and that's what Paul's talking about when he says that, man, um, the time of my death is near. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness. He'll give that to me on, uh, on the day of his return. And this prize is not just for me, but all who eagerly await his appearance. There's a whole bunch of other people out there. They're going to run the race too. People right next to you. People you're sitting next to. You're running this race together. In, um, there's this old hymn that, that says, uh, that the words are, are this. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. And I understand that a little bit better now. You know, we, we could just shoot really fast for the prize at the end. It's not about the medal. It's about the journey. Enjoy the journey. Allow yourself to go through challenges knowing that you're going to grow. And, and like I said, maybe you're here today and you're just tired. Maybe you're, maybe you're ready to throw in the towel on something, a job, a relationship. Don't do it. You don't have to. Let God see you through it because he will. Can I pray for you?